Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. We are your hosts, Tyler Callahan and Mike Ferrante. Mike, how are you doing this week? I'm chilling, Tyler. I mean, we're talking about a lot better movies than we did the last time. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're if you can't tell, we are talking about our favorite movies of 2021, and they are in no particular ranking order. Well, um, I think what helped is, uh, unlike 2020, a lot of movies actually came out this year. There's a bit of a backlog. So I don't know about you, Mike, but for me, it was kind of hard to narrow it down to five. Uh, it was, but it wasn't. Okay. I mean, there was a lot There was a lot of movies that came out that were pretty decent, but, you know, I would say ranking it like around five and six, if we had to, would be a lot more difficult because there's a lot of solid movies that are like mid-tier Yeah. towards greatness. So, but... The easy number ones are the easy, but let us get straight to it. These are our five favorite movies of 2021. Tyler, what do you want to talk about first? Well, since uh, we have similar lists, um, you know, we'll talk about the ones that are both on our list first. Then toward the end, we'll just kind of branch off and do our own thing. But let's start off with the uh, one of the older ones from this year. Back in March, uh, the true version of Justice League. Zack Snyder's Absolutely. Justice League coming in at a whopping four hours films. Clearly, Zack Snyder sat down as like, <laughs> Lord of the Ring movies got nothing on this. He wanted to challenge Basically. those. Exactly. He told Peter Jackson, fuck off. I can make a long film too. Now, does yeah. adding two more hours to a film and it being the true version of the film make it better? Turns out it does. Yeah. But with caveats. This- Yes, this movie is not without its own sin. Um, uh, there was a lot, a lot of scenes in the movie that you're like, all right, this really could have been cut. Well, besides the 20 minute shortened. intro, that could have been five minutes. Um, oh yeah, I mean the singing, the singing parade for Aquaman leaving the town. No, no. Well, yeah, that's kind of weird. But let's go. If you're going to talk about singing and music, how about the new theme for Wonder Woman? I don't know what they were thinking. The theme in her own movie. And in Batman v Superman was a lot more badass. And if I had to hear it 30 times, I'd much that rather hear that theme than oh in slow motion. It's like, yeah. Zach, I'm, I'm not with you on this one, man. It's like first time, fine. But this is a four-hour movie. This is a marathon. <laughs> it it really is, funny enough. Um yeah. but I mean it the longer runtime did wonders for a lot of different characters. I mean, Cyborg's actually a fleshed out character. And his arc was actually pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Flash is even Flash better. A lot, yeah. yeah, a lot less annoying to watch. Uh, and even overall, Batman's less quippiness is. Yeah, all the uh, cheesy jokes and stuff in the Wien version. Uh, a lot of that's cut out, which is great. Yeah. Um, this one thing this does not fix is again, this is kind of how he envisioned it, but like, it is very much lacking Superman, like. Yeah, that's one thing that's actually very similar to Wien because like he shows up halfway through, he disappears, he shows up for the final fight. That's more or less the same structure in this movie. So if you're looking to see more Superman as, you know, you know, proud and happy, you know, when he comes back, you're not going to get that. No, I mean, you will get a lot better fight scenes in the end there. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We see Darkseid. Yes, we do. Uh, like first I mean, time live else. action will probably be the only time for the next five, ten years. But hey, we see him in live action. The voice is amazing. 
Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf was isn't a, a bitch. Yep. He's not. Um, that's great. Or how about even, you know, you, you mentioned fight scenes. How about the uh, the prequel, like the history war lesson of the original war on Earth with all, you know, the oh, gods yeah. and Atlanteans, like, oh boy. That was, I mean, j- just give me like an hour long movie of that, please. Absolutely. Um, Green Lantern still no, gets no respect even a thousand years ago, but hey. I guess just to wrap this off, with this, at this point, likely being Zack Snyder's last DC film. Unfortunately. At the very least, I, w- I do got to think, because I didn't expect us to get this, but at least one proper conversation between this version of Batman and Joker. Yes, it's in the future tense, where a part two and a part three would have been, uh, where everything's gotten to hell, but those last five minutes were great. And while I would love to see a Just League 2 and 3 dealing with that and bringing Superman back from, you know, being under with Darkseid and all yep. that stuff, uh, I'm happy we got this at least, you know? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, if it kind of ended the DCEU that we kind of know for the past few years, or mm-hmm. the past decade, basically, Yeah. Um, it did go off on a high note. Because if it ended after Justice League, that would have just been depressing. Yeah, obviously we still have DCU, but you know, from Suicide Squad on, it's obviously changing a bit. Uh, some for the better, some for the worse. We'll see what it entails. But uh, you know, with that, Mike, uh, what's another movie we have on both of our lists? You pick. All right, let's stay on track of the DC. Let's talk about the better version of Suicide Squad, shall we? Yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, the, the not just us, like the Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, is this like the first time in like five years where it's back to back great DC movies? I'm, I'm trying to think because like, when did Shazam come out? Was that 2019? Maybe because Shazam the Joker that's a good back to back kind of. But um, they're not really, they're not really you know same same. Well, you know DC, but okay. Yeah. But anyway, Suicide oh. Squad. James Gunn was given car car blanche to do whatever he wanted. Uh, we got some male genitalia because of it, but we also got a really good movie, a funny movie, personally. And this, some good, great acting from John Cena in it. I mean, look, I knew John Cena can act. If you watch him in some of his comedies, you watch him in Bumblebee, you know he can act. But uh, he killed it in this role. This is his best role. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think one thing that helped this film compared to the other Suicide Squad is that each one at least gets one moment to shine, if not more. Yes. Because, of course, we all know everyone's favorite Suicide Squad character is Slipknot, the guy who can climb anything, any wall. Yep. Like, that, that kind of stupid bullshit. With this one, you know, from Idris Elba, you know, uh, you have Margot Robbie, uh, even Stallone as Shark. That was fantastic. Like, like, what's like? I didn't didn't expect coming in the twenty twenty one being like. So Stallone's going to be a CGI shark, shark, and it's going to be one a great performance in the film. And Idris Elba killed it. He proves even in his age he can still rock, kind of like a superhero esque character. Mm-hmm. Um, some great action scenes. Some truly good comedy. Not like, you know. Handwritten jokes like actual comedy, 
basically through powers of script writing, which James Gunn is fantastic at, kind of bringing that dark comedy. Yep. It's the best kind of comedy, too. Yeah, and let's be honest, that Peacemaker Rick Flag fight scene, fan-fucking-tastic. bit heartbreaking, too, but yeah, that's what James Gunn does best. Yeah, and that's where we saw John Cena shine in his acting abilities. Mm -hmm. And And obviously it's being recorded a couple weeks into 2022. But we're seeing him still shine in his own show, oh, Peacemaker. Um, and it, it gave us that opportunity to have Peacemaker, which is easily one of the better DC works that has come out in a long, long time. Hands down, best DC show that or DC EU show they've made. Smacks Titans out of the water and Doom Patrol, and yeah. possibly one of the better just DC works. Are you telling me it's better than Gotham TV show? What? <laughs> I. I'm I kidding. Don't even count that. I don't even count that. I would, I would rate it higher than Wonder Woman '84. That's a work oh, of hey, art. Oh, hey, come on, that's that, that's a low bar. All right, they, it could just skip over that. Come on. I enjoy it more than Aquaman. Yeah, same here. Ooh, yeah. Hey, there ain't no pit bull in this show. No, at least not yet. Not. Uh, but if I was to give this movie a small criticism, is uh, well, he handled well. James Gunn handled some deaths great like Rick Flagg, and that was very emotional and stuff. The first batch of characters that kind of just died on the beach, I, yeah. like, yes, it kind of met your, like, set your expectations for how the film's going to go, but I would have liked to see them a little more before they all died, gruesome deaths, like an extra just 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, especially Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. Yeah. That one kind of sucked, because he was actually good from the original. It's one of his better roles, too. Line. Yeah, he kind of fucking nailed it. And they're just like, yeah, let's just kind of end you here. Fuck, man. I understand why they did it, though, because you need you need to convey to the audience. It's not just the new people that are getting killed immediately. Yeah. Hey, look, he's a fan favorite from your the, the movie no one likes. He just died a gruesome death, too. So anyone can go. Yeah, it kind of prepared us for Rick Flagg's death at the end there as well. It, it did. It did. Because, yeah, because now you're going in, it's like, is Flag going to get the, you know, are they going to have the balls to kill off Harley Quinn? It's like, you, you think about that. No, no they, don't, they don't have the balls to do that one. You never know. You never know. Just multiverse, just multiverse. She comes in after post-Flash and then from another universe, whatever. Does it really matter at this point? No, I guess not. You know, because, you know, if you want to start, you know, bringing up plot holes or how this universe works, uh, you're telling me Flash, Aquaman, see this giant starfish on this island? It's on national, you know, international news. Don't sign the hey, they have to check on that. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, Aquaman, you know, you can swim over. It's just, it's a giant starfish. I mean, it's an alien one, but it's a starfish. It's a, it's Flash, you can just be there in two seconds. And by the way, this is not a criticism of the film, but if we're going to go with they don't have the balls to kill Harley Quinn and just write some plot bullshit, I mean, we can throw it back at this movie. All right, so I will give you a question. Do you want to do one of our movies that came out recently or the last one that was like early on in the year? Let, let, let's let's do No Time to Die. Let's okay. stop beating around the bush. We'll save the surprising good film. Fair enough. Or the better than expected good film for last of our shared. So No Time to Die, you know, like we said in our episode previously wrong title for the film because he found time to die but it was a proper send-off because it was truly a james bond story this ain't no spectre um, 
No. Where the villain is, funny enough, you know, underwhelming, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. But you got some great action in it, some great acting, and it ties everything off pretty nicely. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, um, specifically the villain, I mean, he's kind of on the level of Quantum of Solace, the villain. And, yeah. you know, as much as I do like that movie, you know, I'm one of those people. And I respect that villain for having a very, like, straightforward plan. He wasn't charismatic enough for me to remember him. I don't know his name. I don't know the actor. Oh, is it? Oh, Dominic Green. There we go. It yep. took me a minute. But I don't know the actor who played it. Like, it just yeah. didn't click. And then for this, you know, uh, Stefan, right? It's like, Rami Malek, I, it does kind of feel like he was just kind of thrown into this role. Like, they needed someone to fill the shoes. Um because I don't think he's a bad actor, but this wasn't his best work. No. You could go on the director, like he's, he's maybe that's what a... the director wanted, so that's what Rami Malek delivered, and we can go into the script and how, you know, script-wise, he's not given much to work with. No. Like, toward really. the end, it's not really clear, like, oh, he wants to clean the world, but then he's like, well, I'm going to sell to arms dealers. Like, that's not the same thing, man. Not at all. Uh, so, yeah, villain motivations kind of weak but like you said it ties everything together and mostly this was a goodbye to this bond and his Correct. connection to his cast of characters money penny uh m uh felix r.i.p um yeah i, I kind of knew that might have been coming like, oh damn that's that sucked well you know he's got to exit that franchise so it can be commissioner gordon you mean he's another guy who found time to die so he can jump ship? Yeah. Because, you know, Daniel Craig's got his new franchise. He's got to keep up and running. Yeah. But, hey, we should also give a shout-out to the action in this film. Oh, my God. Fantastic. That scene where they're going through that base, him and the new 007? Uh, well, actually, I want to be more specific. Three scenes stood out to me. Uh, Cuba with the with the American agent uh, by yep. uh, Amade Arms, who... She needs her own film as this character. The entire fight scene was great. The woods, while not very action-packed, I thought built a lot of tension with the fog and the not knowing where the car, where the, you know, the, the Range Rovers are coming from. I thought that was very, really well done. But for the base, the tracking one shot where he's running back, going up the staircase, yeah. oh, that is good. Yeah, that whole, like, the whole climax of the film was fantastic can like, we say this worked. is the best action in a daniel craig bond film oh easily okay i mean the first one was straight up you know uh a spy film there was some action in it but it was mostly spy work yep and this was this was a proper action send-off oh yeah prop prop send-off uh all right so the last movie that was both on our list it was Judas and the Black Messiah. Came out earlier in the year. Yep. Uh, I believe it was straight to HBO Max, one of the first movies that it hit. No, I actually and, did have a th uh, theatrical release. It's just that no one went to see it in uh, uh, back in February. So if anyone saw it, it was probably through HBO. But the oh man, this movie was good. You know, I, I had a feeling it was going to be a solid movie, but I didn't expect it to be that good of a movie mm -hmm. um jesus the the story to it the script 
the history behind it, especially coming out right after Trial of Chicago 7. I mean, outstanding performances from the whole cast. Yeah, no, uh, talked about the acting on this was great. Personally, I didn't want to like look too much into the history of this like specific event because I wanted to see how the film would do it and everything. And yeah, I looked up afterward. Jesus, I mean, yeah, our government can really do fucked up things. Yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially during like that era. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was when police corruption was all time high on fucking every level. But this was just overall a fantastic adult drama, real world topic, historical event. And, you know, if you if you want to learn a bit about American history, especially in the 60s, 70s, during this time, uh, this is a must watch. This is a must watch. Absolutely. So, Mike, what is your last film on the list? It is going to be Dune. Now, we talked about it before, but Dune was a cinematic masterpiece. The whole film was visually outstanding, except for, you know, uh, that one scene. I won't bring it up again, but acting was fantastic. Action was, holy shit, a Jason Momoa fight scene. I mean, mm-hmm. Come on now. Let's, yeah. let's be honest here. That shit was awesome. Him is kind of like knife fighting. And I find it interesting that, you know, guns are not as much used in this this world. Yeah, that's obviously this is based off books, but I it seemed to be like the shields that they use around their body makes us that bullets are kind of worthless, but the knives, can if done right, through. yeah, can still slice through and stab you. Which I think is an interesting way of making it fresh. I mean, obviously this book, you know, kind of predates or around the time of the first Star Wars, so... Yeah. They all kind of like bounce off each other, but uh, I think it's a nice way of having a sci-fi world where it's not like laser guns, blasters. It's yeah. like mm, no, it's still more upon the realistic side of things. Yeah, and you know, funny thing is, like, yeah, uh, I agree with everything you said. I, I love Dune. It's fantastic. It's not in my top five, clearly. Uh, it's number six. You know, we were gonna push, but. I personally had nothing to hate about this movie. Again, for me, this is why this year we're doing a top five or just even grouping five was kind of hard because this easily could have been if Judas wasn't that good or if Justice League wasn't yeah. that good. Do need to easily be in my top five. The acting was great all around. You know, Dennis Villeneuve knocked it out of the park again. I had no doubt that he he wouldn't have. I mean, the guys made Prisoners, Blade Runner, yeah. uh, Sicario. I mean, dude, he- like, he kills it dude, so far every time. Who knows what he's doing? Except enemy, kind of a little weird. But hey, yeah, who hasn't had a weird movie? Yeah, uh, that's that's true. And actually, the thing I'm happy about this because I was kind of worried that this is going to be one of those big budget films that no one responds to, and just yeah, this actually was one of Warner Brothers' biggest films this year. It has made four hundred million dollars at the box office. A sequel's already been greenlit. And if everything works, I think they're going to start filming that this year. Not surprising. Yeah, because, you know, I didn't really know this because I didn't really know the franchise. There's easily, there's a part two coming, and there's even possibly a part three. This can be a whole blown trilogy with the amount of books that are out there. So he's got content to work with, and I can't wait. All right, Tyler, hit me with your last movie. 
Yeah, well, this is not going to be a surprise to basically anyone who goes around reading or listening to top five, top ten movies uh, of 2021. I'm going to be that guy, like everyone else, and put Spider-Man No Way Home in my list. Now, I am, I'm surprised it's uh, that high on your list. It's, I didn't expect it to be, but honestly, as a film, and I'll do this as very little spoilers as possible, as a film that works on multiple levels. It works as a finale to Tom Holland, Spider-Man, or at least his high school years. But it works on multiple levels to the point where if this is the last we see of Tom Holland, Spider-Man, let's say a contract dispute, whatever, this is a perfectly fine ending. Uh, really? It, it, it does, honestly. If for some reason, you know, Sony and Tom Holland just like, fuck it, we're done, and they hire someone else to be Peter Parker or someone else's Spider-Man, this is the way you bring them in after this movie. Um, Now you can even, obviously it's also set to where he can just play another 10 movies. Yeah. Uh, But they left it just enough to where it doesn't hurt the MCU that much if he leaves. Uh, But this also, this wraps up his current trilogy with uh, his current cast. It does give us a bit of a bookend on some other Spider-Man. It does. I'm not going to say what, but it does give us some peace about that. So overall, I think it was a great movie. It was actually, I was worried it was going to be a little too funny. And it mm-hmm. actually bounced out the humor and the action and the serious moments pretty well. I also got to mention cinematography for this film. For John Watts, I hear one of his criticisms as a director is that his movies look pretty bland, or at least the last two Spider-Man movies have been. This is his most cinematic movie. It was, it was different. Now, I didn't look to see if he switched up uh, his cinematographer, but this looks like a, it looks at times like a super serious drama film. Some of the cuts they do. Uh, That's interesting. Which surprised me for an MCU film. Like this kind of challenges, Eternals does it for longer, but like the look of of this movie looks a bit different. Now, some of it looks like normal MCU films, but some moments, yeah, it's serious. But if I was to give it a criticism, boy, I keep doing my man, Doctor Strange Dirty. Oof. Uh, it seems like that's the way they were going. Yeah. Uh, again, not going to really spoil it, but uh, if you're looking to watch this movie, expecting big Doctor Strange moments, uh, you're going to have to wait till May for his own movie. That's all I'll say. I mean, it makes sense. You know, they don't want to spoil everything. Yeah. One thing I did hear, and which I'm, because I haven't watched the movie yet, and I'm kind of interested to uh, see how that plays out, is Doctor Strange is no longer kind of the head. He's he no sorcerer. Supreme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see kind of how that shakes out. So, but so that means all, now, like the Sorcerer Supreme, Wong, is spending his time as Sorcerer Supreme doing ring fights, as we see in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Okay. So, why sure. not, right? But all in all, that is our top five movies of 2021. Do you agree with some of our list? If not, send us yours. As always, thank you for listening. You can find us at Entertainment Expansion, out at Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Have a wonderful 2022.